0: Welcome back to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Bellisai. Uh, It's so good to be back in the studio this week. Uh, shout out to everybody who paid attention to the end of our last episode where we said we were taking a week off. And the opposite of a shout out to everybody who was like, uh, it's Friday, where are you? Fuck you all. Pay attention, people. Also, now is usually the part of the show where I tell you I'm in the studio with my producer, Barry Finkel, but she asked me if she could take a vacation and I fired her. Just kidding. She'll be back next week, unfortunately. We've got a lot of good stuff on today's show that I'm about to tell you about. Because first up, we got Worst Things First, the most fucked up shit of the week. After that, we got a little deep dive for ya, and it's perfect, it's beautiful, it looks like Linda Evangelista. That's right, since I had the pleasure of being invited to speak as an esteemed panelist at RuPaul's first ever New York Con, we're gonna dive deep into all the bullshit that are gender norms. Because sometimes, men are from Venus, and women are from Mars especially because Mars is a bullshit candy and I don't want anything to do with it. I'm not from Mars, don't put that on me. And then finally, we have an interview and a fun game of the classic Fuck, Mary Kill with Nico Tortorella, actor from Younger and host of the podcast, The Love Bomb. He's also probably the hottest person I've ever talked to for more than 60 flustered seconds. And if you listen closely, you can actually hear me sweating during the entire interview from my private parts. So let's get into it, let's do it, let's get on with the show. All right, worst things first, my least favorite news of the week. The mail-in survey over. Same-sex marriage is underway in Australia. It's happening. It's so outrageous that people are literally getting a piece of paper in the mail that says, should gays be able to marry? Check yes or no. (laughs) Particularly upsetting was that there was a sky writer who wrote, vote no above Sydney in smoke letters, like the fucking wicked witch. And then there was this crazy old Australian tennis player, I don't know if you know sports, Margaret Court. That sounds like a made-up if you were making a character <laughs> play tennis. You'd call her Margaret Court. And she went on television to say that gay marriage is going to mean first up gay marriage, then no more Easter or Christmas <laughs> or Mother's Day. I don't get how she went from gay marriage first and then no more Christmas or Mother's Day. You think I'm going to give up getting gifts? You think gays are going to give up wrapping paper (laughs) and bows? Anyway, Godspeed to everybody in Australia, except for anybody who votes now. You can fuck off. Next. A guy in Germany stuck his fat bratwurst into the hole of a gym weight. And by fat bratwurst, I mean his dick. Yeah, you know at the gym when they have those circular weights with the hole in the center? Well, he stuck his sausage in it and then it got stuck. And the fire department had to come and spend three hours (laughs) using a grinder. I don't know what that is. An electric saw and a hydraulic equipment to get it free. It's unclear whether he was attempting to fuck it or lift it with his, his German Frankfurter. Either way, this is why I do not go to the gym. Next, a horrifying dead sea monster washed up on a beach in Texas And then first people were like, oh, that's just Ted Cruz. He comes around um, when the water recedes to feed on the barnacles. Um, But then they were like, no, that's not him. It's a sea monster. And everybody was very confused. Anyway, it was an eel. Everyone's fine. Ted Cruz is alive and wreaking havoc elsewhere. A pizza hut in Florida posted a sign that said, if you evacuate, you better be fucking back here for work in like two days, or you're fired. It was Hurricane Irma, this one Pizza Hut put up a sign and it was like, we care about your safety, but more importantly, we care about serving the community. <laughs> Which is like, <laughs> don't kid yourselves, Pizza Hut. <laughs> people aren't dying for your pizza. So maybe you should let your fucking prisoners free because people don't want to die over your shitty pizza. It brings up people who order, when they look outside and be like, oh shit, the world is ending, I should order a pizza. I ordered Chinese food once and I felt so bad, because it was, it was snowing outside. I gave him 20 bucks and a blowjob. It was an old man, he didn't know what was happening. But I said, thank you, sir. And I'm sure it hurt, because it was spicy orange chicken. And I ate first, obviously. So it was bad for him. But I wanted to make sure that he understood that I don't behave like this Pizza Hut. Next! On this week's What the Fuck Did He Do Now, our weekly roundup of our so-called president's batshit nonsense. Um, first he attacked ESPN and demanded an apology from Jamel Hill, who called him a white supremacist, accurately. Uh, at this point, dictionaries are going to be printed with his face next to white supremacy. How do you... I just don't understand how you you can even question that. The Justice Department was like, you denied people housing by putting a C for colored on their housing applications. And that was like 30 years ago. That was just the beginning. I also am so dumbfounded by the argument that people in entertainment should keep politics out of what they talk about. You elected a fucking reality television star as president. And finally, the official fuck you of the week goes to Sean Spicer, along with everybody responsible for bringing him to the Emmys because fuck Sean Spicer, AKA propaganda man number one, AKA the human version of when two Teddy Grahams get fused together in the box when you leave it in the back seat of your car on a hot summer day, uh, came rolling out at the Emmys and everyone laughed and um, apparently just forgot that he spent the first fucking six months of Donald Trump's presidency just peddling bullshit. I think the one redeeming thing about this is that it was just embarrassing for Sean Spicer. Like, I don't think it was redemptive for him at all. He should feel nothing but shame until he dies. <sighs> and that was worse Things First. Stories that made me lame, scraf, scream and laugh. You get it, okay? Up next, we got a deep dive for ya, live from DragCon, featuring a bunch of queens, and the only person alive who knows what Glenn Coco really looks like. This is not a joke. Let's play the tape. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive. Let's bitch. Let's ditch. Let's, ditch. Let's, ditch. Let's ditch. And the question we're asking everybody is, what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves?
1: I hate contouring. I hate contouring because my face. Of the time it takes. It takes a lot of time, it takes a lot of skill to do it correctly, to do it like in a way that doesn't just make your face look like, and I, some people are going for that sort of geometric look, um, so they should do that, but for me, I hate contouring. I
0: hate when people don't let other people off the subway and then just like crowd the doors. So I used to be a figure skater, well I still am a figure skater, and so I always had my skating bag on me. And so whenever somebody would like step in front of me before I was able to exit the fucking train,
1: best believe I would just be swinging that bag.
0: (laughs) I hate cantaloupe, it's disgusting. It's like the worst fruit ever. You've never had a great soft melon? I have not, I don't like cantaloupe. I don't like honeydew. I never eat watermelon, honey, Now I'm from the south, honey, what's going on? Do you like cantaloupe? I love cantaloupe. I love all melons. We are no longer friends. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is drag con, okay? You're in a fruit salad right now. Coach, airplane seats. <laughs> like, hello, I'm a 6'4 man, like what? I'm yes. an above average person. in size and and, in personality and in everything else. And it's just, the world is not made for people who are above average. They're made for people who are average and basic. Uh, That was perfect. Well, it's clearly, it's me, (laughs) Daniel Franzese, a.k.a. at What's Up Tanny. So a couple of weeks ago, I got to go to RuPaul's Drag Con in New York City, a.k.a. the gayest place on earth, and... Had the chance to talk to a bunch of queens about what they hate, because no one knows how to complain quite like a drag queen. Except me. We got to talk to our faves like Milk and Carrie Dragshaw and Daniel Francesi. And my absolute favorite, Stacey Lane Matthews Henny. She hates cantaloupe. But also it got me thinking about gender and gender norms, because the whole point of drag is not just a man dressing up as a lady. The whole point is that you get to play with these things freely and creatively, that the whole idea of a man being a man and a woman being a woman all made up. You should be able to have fun and not take everything so seriously. So let's go there let's complain about gender for a hot second namely people who get all stuffy about it like fucking one million moms who are not one million there's like 50 of them in their fucking minivans recently they started freaking out over a character in the reboot of roseanne which pause for a second roseanne is coming back for some fucking reason And there was some casting notice about the production looking for a kid who displayed both girl and boy sort of characteristics. So 7000 Moms said placing gender fluid and non-binary characters in mainstream television shows are the next step in normalizing a culture that disassociates a person's biological gender from their gender identity. And then at the bottom of the 7,000 Moms petition, they quote from Dictionary.com about gender dysphoria saying that it causes emotional distress. It causes emotional distress because of assholes like you who are trying to make kids feel bad about themselves for expressing anything that doesn't fit into your box. Ew, your box. And it's one thing to be worried about your children and their safety and how people will treat them, but they're not worried about that. They're worried about what people think of them. And it's super fucked up that these women are hiding behind the name Mother, a terrible Jennifer Lawrence film that I won't see. But really, it's fucked up that their organization is called One Million Moms when They don't give a shit about their kids. They're making their kids feel worse. They're making children around the world feel worse because they have these super specific ideas of what kids are supposed to be, of what a little boy and a little girl is supposed to be. And if they don't fit into that little definition, then they get treated differently by their fucking mothers. So fuck you, 7,000 moms. The point is, yes, the world is is fucked up for people who are different, but the only way it's actually going to get better is if we follow the immortal advice of the queen mother herself, RuPaul, who says that we should all paint with all the colors in the coloring box. Don't take yourself too seriously. Clearly, people do give a shit about this. They take it way too seriously. So we put together a list of some of the most fucked up things that come from taking gender too seriously. Cause maybe if you just let people do whatever they fucking want, we wouldn't have to deal with this garbage. Let's get into it. One, gender reveal parties, because I don't give a fucking shit about whether your piece of shit baby has an innie or an outie. At this point, there's too many parties for babies and not enough parties me you have a baby shower then you have when it comes out call me in like 10 years when it can fetch me what i want from the refrigerator um other fucked up things about taking gender too seriously not being able to participate in fenty beauty you're missing out on rihanna and her gifts to the world because you're afraid concealer is gonna make you a girl Guess what? I, we have to look at your blemishy face because you're too worried about your masculinity, you piece of shit. Assigning colors to rooms for babies like they know what colors are. Also, pink and blue aren't even the best colors. You can paint you could paint your baby's room literally anything and they won't fucking know because they're a baby and all they know is what the devil taught them while it was inside of you. Next step, Toys don't need to be gendered. I used to play house all the time and I was the mother because I gave birth to these bitches. Skirts and pants. I would have loved to have had a school uniform or I could voluntarily not wear underwear and just let the breeze draft right up there. Also, fragile masculinity And sexism, it hurts men, too. All of these things that men get all riled up about and think that they can't do because supposedly they're girly things, like showering. I had a friend in college who said that he didn't wash his own butthole. What do you think is going to happen? Like, your finger bite accidentally go in, and then all of a sudden, like, (laughs) you're flaming (laughs) moe. (laughs) whatever danger you're you're in by putting your finger near your dirty butthole is better than your dirty butthole remaining dirty Um, going to brunch and drinking mimosas men who are afraid of not being manly are missing out on some of the greatest drinks ever and listen i i'm gay as fuck and i could drink like an elephant don't tell me a cosmopolitan isn't manly You try making that shit. You have to shake it. You have to pour it into a glass that is very precarious. There's a lot of steps. (sighs) Umbrellas is a real-life thing that happens. There are grown-ass men who go outside and get wet because they think umbrellas are girly. Who taught you that? That's the thing about fucking gender norms is that you are raised susceptible to the rain <laughs> and same as everybody else there's no reason that you shouldn't have an umbrella when you go outside but i don't know you're afraid that monster truck rally won't let you in skin care men think that they can't use skin care which doesn't make any sense because taking care of your fucking skin should not be gendered oh oh is skin cancer not gonna fucking grow out of your uh, out of your skin because you're a man you're not gonna get a, an amorphous mole on your manly skin no the sun doesn't give a shit case in point steve bannon using a bag to carry things men feel like they can't carry bags because gender norms say you can't and guess what now you have to carry all your shit around in not a bag <laughs> with your hands going to the movies together it is true I've heard stories about men going to the movies and they won't they have to have a buffer seat in between them what do you think is gonna happen yeah oh we accidentally grazed arms and now his dick is in my mouth um eating phallic food there are, there are grown men who won't eat corn dogs bananas hot dogs in public. Because they're afraid that it's like, oh, people are going to know what I look like sucking dick. I pictured it already. You don't have to hide. And then smelling good. We had to make up a whole new category called metrosexual in the 2000s, just so men could feel better about themselves for taking care of themselves. We We had to suffer through Ryan Seacrest's career so that men could feel better about using lotion. So anyway, fuck your gender norms. All of it is bullshit. And my message to everybody, along with the message given to us by Her Majesty the Queen, RuPaul, is nobody fucking cares. And that's our deep dive for this week. Next up, we brought Nico Tortorella into the stew, which sucks for you because he does not have a face for radio. He has a face for staring at which you can do online or on his TV show Younger, or in the secret folder of Hot Guys that I have on my phone. But first, a word from our sponsor. This week's episode of Unhappy Hour is brought to you by Matt Bellassi, because guess what? I wrote a fucking book. It's called Everything is Awful and Other Observations. And if you follow me anywhere on the internet, you've already heard me talk about this for hours. But I'm not stopping now because I'm going on a book tour. The book is out on October 24th and I will be traveling around starting that day, doing signings and meeting people. And in a bunch of cities, I'm going to do a very special live show so you can check that out. All of the dates and the details are on everythingisawfulbook.com. I'll be in New York, Chicago, Columbus, Cincinnati, Minneapolis, Houston, Dallas, LA, phoenix milwaukee san francisco denver portland seattle new york again washington dc philadelphia and boston all of those cities and we just added a handful more i'm gonna be in tampa atlanta nashville salt lake city and detroit And for fans of this podcast who live in or around New York City, we are doing a very special live podcast recording slash book launch party extravaganza spectacular on October 25th at The Green Space in New York City. It's at 8 p.m. For tickets to that event, you can go to thegreenspace.org or just fucking Google it because you'll find it. Don't complain about me promoting this shit because I fucking wrote an entire book and you better BELIEVE I'm gonna be talking about it for the next month, you assholes. Specifically one woman on Instagram who was like, are you gonna be annoying like this for the rest of the month? And I'm gonna be like, yeah, fuck you, bitch. I am. Okay, thanks. Our guest today is Nico Tortorella. I said it right. You said it right. That was nice. really good. Uh, you know his beautiful face from TV Land's Younger with mm-hmm. Hillary Duff and mm-hmm. Sutton Foster. Uh, he's also host of the podcast The Love Bomb about... Love and labels and gender and sex, Mm -hmm. Uh, and yeah, he's joining us to hopefully complain about life and love and everything.
1: I'm a good complainer. I'm Italian, so so. it (laughs) is built into our blood. blood. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well,
0: thank you, thank you for joining us. (laughs) Yeah, of course.
1: It's uh, nice to be here.
0: So, our first question we ask everybody is: What is
1: one thing you hate that everybody else loves? (sighs) This okay. I've been thinking about this question a lot. And my answer is going to make a lot of people really angry. <laughs>
0: That's and I, the best kind of answer. I to like this really
1: struggled with even if I wanted to admit this publicly, but M- Michael Jackson music—that <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> will upset a lot of people. And not Michael Jackson, okay? Look, because I think Michael Jackson is a a a god. Uh, uh, among many, many men, I actually think most people would say the <laughs> that, opposite. The opposite, right? Yeah, no, that I they totally. Wouldn't, they wouldn't defend
0: him the person, but they I would defend respect his music. Michael
1: Jackson. But his music, I don't know. anytime time a song comes on, I'm like, nope. I, I, I don't know. It's just not like there's a frequency to it that just like really upsets me. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, right? It's it's the frequency that dogs love uh-huh. and
0: that that we tolerate. Yeah. in the background of like Beyonce songs. What is the worst mispronunciation of your name? Tortellini. Right. Do you just Tortilla.
1: There's all, it's, it's always food right? I'm not going to
0: lie. I feel like if you Google Nico Tortellini, a tweet of mine is like the first. Oh, it result. was you. <laughs> it was you. So I'm sorry. <laughs> um, you're from Chicago. I am. We talked about this. Um, you grew up in the, in the Northwest suburbs, North right? North Shore, no. North Shore. yeah. Chicago, I think, is New York on training wheels. Yeah. Like, you get kind of a feel for it, and then... Totally. Yeah, and then someone rips them off and Mm -hmm. throws you into
1: New York. Yeah. yeah. It took me a long time to fall in love with New York. Yeah. Like, nine years, actually. What was it that finally did it? Um, I think getting sober from alcohol and living in New York, it it, it just makes the city completely different. You're not, like, living for the party here anymore, right? Right. Um, And... At the end of the day, it's just the quality of people. I think you have the best people at what they do living here in the city. Yeah, you know, in, in every single field. <laughs> right. Yeah. Everybody hears the Beyonce of what they do.
0: Exactly. Um, <laughs> I always feel like it's such a weird, intrusive question, but you've talked about like labels and how they're yeah. important, especially for kids mm-hmm. who are kind of figuring themselves
1: of out. Course, yeah. Of having other people who who they can look to mm-hmm. and compare themselves to. I just think we're living in a time right now that obviously has never existed in history right we can all live our lives out fully in whatever capacity that we want online and we're seeing so many more stories that never existed in mainstream anywhere before Mm -hmm. right and that's what I think is most important for the kids to see right now and the fact that they're like all interacting with each other if you grew up in a small town in the middle of nowhere and you didn't know one other queer person or somebody that identified anywhere in the community, right? Like you can very easily go onto your phone and find millions of people that identify that way and start Mm -hmm. conversations. And I think for that reason alone, labels are extremely important, right? It's about finding your tribe. Yeah. Um, Personally, I struggle with the idea of the importance of labels for Myself and for the future and what that really means. Um, Yeah, like, I love this utopian idea of being in a labelist society, we are all one, we are all one gender, we are all one race. Like, yeah, that's beautiful, but obviously, that's not happening anytime soon, right? Right. The world is fucked right now. Um, And I think that my responsibility at this point is to just break down some of these barriers and these stereotypes that are around all of these labels and you know that's like a big responsibility to take on and i struggle with that idea all the time but like for me right now identifying as bisexual and doing work for the polyamory community that is those two things specifically for me are things that just haven't had positive representation anywhere before Mm -hmm. really especially from a white cis dude right like it just hasn't ever existed. Right. And I'm like really proud of that, you know? Yeah. We we met the other day at RuPaul's Drag Race yes, non- in, in New York, which
0: is, I feel like a lot of people don't really like, you know, watch RuPaul's Drag Race or mm-hmm. like in that community that it seems like, oh, drag is just like, you're in a costume, like a Halloween costume. Oh, it's but it's so like the more. idea of drag is that, like, Labels and identities, like you play with it. Yeah, you fuck with it. It's (laughs) not, yeah, totally. You're born 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 naked naked and the rest rest is drag. drag. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And the immortal words. I mean, I got emotional at Dragon a couple
1: different times.
0: Yeah, I mean, there were kids there. I was just talking about this with someone who were like, so gay. Yeah. <laughs> like way gayer than I oh was when I was a kid. Yeah. Like just mesh tank tops. Right. And I was like, I can I can't imagine like being that comfortable mm-hmm. when I was a kid. And I don't even Now know. I wear mesh tank tops all the time. Right. I don't even know if gay is the right word for it. Right. Just you know? so like so comfortable not conforming. Being
1: themselves. Right. Unapologetically. Yeah. Just right? yeah, just full being expression. Like, and, I'll, like, God bless those parents, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, like, if parents all over the world, like, took a little piece of that, oh, my God. I mean, because yeah. that's where all the real pain comes from, you right. know, is that programming. It's such, yeah, I think
0: that one of the most frustrating things to me, see, this is a thing we're complaining about, mm-hmm. complaining about... An issue. Yeah, actual shit. Mm-hmm. And not just yeah, my delivery guy, or like soup, or something. Um, yeah. Right? <laughs> hey, sometimes soup gets me upset. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like the idea that oh, you're like fucking kids up. Like, how are they gonna grow up and, and like be normal if you if you're if you tell them like it's okay mm-hmm. to be different. It's like and to
1: like love. Do you
0: listen to what you're saying? Yeah. Like you're fucking them up by saying everybody
1: else is not going to accept who you are. Well, I mean that obviously comes from some sort of, you know, pain inside that is, right. is is mirroring the situation. They got made fun of their entire lives. They couldn't be who they wanted to be, so they're going to fuck that kid up right. the same way they were fucked up. Right. Yeah. I mean, I grew up in cargo shorts and <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh, yeah, Americana t-shirts. Yes. My mom went to Kohl's once and mm. just bought every like $4 shirt with an American flag on it. Yes. And that was my entire wardrobe <laughs> for like two years. <laughs> and yeah, there were kids at DragCon like sashaying around oh, in dresses. My God. And I was it's like, so you know beautiful.
1: what? I could have I had flair, mm. but I had a,
0: a, an Americana shirt. And
1: drag is not just about like a man in a dress. You know right. what I mean? It's so much more. So much more.
0: Yeah, you have a drag persona. Almond, yes. Almond milk. Mm -hmm.
1: How, where did your persona come from? Um, Just fun, really. I love milk, I always have, uh, from the season that he was on. Uh, Oh, I thought you were talking about actual milk. No, I hate actual (laughs) milk. (laughs) I was like, I love milk, too. It's so disgusting, It is. It is gross if you think about it too much. Almond milk, though,
0: is delicious. That is also gross if you think about it too much. Why? Cause it's a nut. It's just wet <laughs> nuts. You don't love a wet nut, girl. I've I've enjoyed a wet nut or two, <laughs> but I feel like I don't entirely understand the process of how almond milk is made. In my head, it's just you put a bunch of like no you almonds in like a glass and wait for them to go no, bad. You
1: blend them and then take the chunk out. That's the worst description <laughs> for any food. Back to Almond Milk. Okay, so Milk and I had ran into each other a few times out and about. I don't get starstruck for anybody but a drag queen. Like... The first time I ran into him, I was like, I'm just so obsessed with you, I'm so obsessed with you. And I didn't say anything, but I like went and DM'd him afterwards and he was like, bitch, why didn't you say hi? Like, I was, That's
0: always the creepiest. But I was also like, so stoned you. and
1: I was like, I'm not ready to say something <laughs> to him. Um, and we started talking and I was like, look, I wanna paint my face. I just like, I wanna play, let's film a video. And he came over to my apartment and gave a full look and Almond Milk was born. Yeah, she's been sleeping for a little bit though. She hasn't come out in a yeah. while. Yeah. Do you perform? There was a point where Milk and I were taking meetings all over the place. We had a show set up at the box at one point. But yeah. I just I went and did a movie and it kind of just fell through. You fucked it up. She'll come out at some point for yeah. sure. Yeah. But I'm guest judging RuPaul this That's season. That's my dream. Yeah. Next week, actually. Really? Yeah. Did
0: they film in L.A. Right? In L.A. Yeah. Also, isn't that this is All Stars, right? No, All Stars is next. This oh. is season ten. Well, still, if
1: Eureka is fucking gone by the time I get there, <laughs> poor Eureka. <laughs> she better win season ten. I mean, uh, she should have won last season, a hundred thousand percent. I know, but she she didn't she death dropped too hard. Have you ever seen her in person? No. She is the biggest bitch I have ever <laughs> seen. She's probably seven feet tall. Just. A monster! Eureka!
0: Yeah. yeah, I I fully support your drag career. Mm. Mm. I've been searching for my drag name for a while. Do
1: you have any ideas?
0: The one that I really like is it sounds more like a Mario brother, but it's Pino Squegio. Pino Squegio. Pino Squegio. Um, the other one is Alcoholic. They're, subs- <laughs> they're all substances. They're all substances. And the, my catchphrase is Merlot. You better don't. <laughs> That's pretty good. Now uh, we're going to take our, our newfound clarity in mm-hmm. life yes. and play a quick game mm-hmm. um, of, it's a classic, fuck, Mary kill. Mm-hmm. You don't have to kill if that's not your personality. Kill with kindness. <laughs> no. Okay. So a classic, Samantha Charlotte Miranda. Uh, Samantha
1: Charlotte Miranda.
0: I feel like each of these people has like a corresponding answer no. that that is commonly accepted. No, I'm
1: going to... Mm. Ah, I'm gonna kill Miranda. I'm gonna fuck Charlotte and I'm gonna marry Samantha. Wow. Yeah. See,
0: that would be backwards. I feel like the I feel like the accepted answer would be
1: Fuck Samantha.
0: Right, because that's her personality. And marry wanna, Charlotte. I wanna put a ring on that one for <laughs>
1: sure.
0: <laughs> I mean tie it down, yeah. Uh,
1: but like uh, not really tie it down. Like like she you you can still go fuck whoever you want, but that's just, like, true, come that's home true, which Dad, is very you know much I mean? her personality. <laughs> um yeah, and Kill Miranda, Whatever. she, I started rewatching it recently and she's like just bad. First season of Younger, we're doing this giant panel with a thousand people in the audience and somebody asked Darren, if you could put all of the girls from Younger as the girls on Sex and the City, who would they be and why? And Darren's like, <sighs> he's really struggling with this one. He's like, honestly, the only thing that I could say for sure is that Nico Tortorella is Samantha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, I'll take it. And
0: for people who don't, so Darren Sand is his last name, Darren, right?
1: No, Darren Star. Star. Star, Sand. It's one of those. Elements. Darren Star is the creator of Younger, yeah. was also the creator of Sex and the yeah, City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And last... Uh, two nights ago at 92Y, we did another panel, and somebody asked him if those two shows live in the same universe in New York City, and if they would ever do a crossover episode. I just love the idea of, like, Josh running into Carrie on the street, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, Josh starts dating Carrie, like, fuck yeah. I mean, that would absolutely happen. Totally. Okay, fuck, Mary kill, Count Chocula, Captain Crunch, The Quaker Oatmeal Man. i mm. I'm gonna kill The Oatmeal Man, because he represents everything that I hate about this country. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Just oatmeal and being white. Yeah, but with Captain, come on, I'm gonna fuck that Captain. <laughs> he's been on a boat by himself for a long time, and I'm gonna marry Dracula because we because he's gonna bite me, and we're both gonna live yeah, forever happily ever after. You know the end. he's freaky. Okay,
0: yeah. um, <laughs> let's see: Barbara Streisand, mm. Aretha Franklin, Julie Andrews, oh.
1: all in their current states. In their current states. 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 <laughs> I'm gonna fuck Aretha Franklin. Right now. I don't know if you'd survive. I'm on top. That's not what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to marry Barbara Streisand and kill Julie Andrews. I think I would kill
0: Aretha before she killed me. Mm. I don't know. I just feel like Aretha has eyes everywhere and uh. you gotta be careful. Okay, final one. Dr. Oz, Dr. Phil, Judge Judy. Hmm... I'm a fuck Oz,
1: marry Judy, kill Phil. That's what I would say too. Nice, Doctor Oz knows what he's doing. Yeah, I feel like he would be uh, he would be a great fuck too. Probably. Yeah, you know he sucked a dick or two. <laughs> <laughs> just so, just
0: like medically, yeah. just so he understood the anatomy of uh, it. Doctor Phil definitely had a dick in his mouth <laughs> <laughs> and that dick was Oprah Winfrey's. Yeah. Um, We'll wrap it there. (laughs) Where can people find you and your work? Uh, Just type my name into the
1: computer. I don't know, it's all there. (laughs) I don't know, The Love Bomb, the podcast. um, I'm on TV. I don't know. Uh, in the spirit world, that that all sounds good. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm around. If you want to find me, you can find me. Awesome. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you, Nico,
1: cool. for joining us. Thank you. And this was fun. Yeah. This we'll was not the downside. unhappy hour, by the way.
0: This was a happy hour. We got complaining in there. We complained about a couple things. That's the secret about unhappy hour is that it's secretly happy. Happy. <sighs> Whoa. Boom. <laughs> All right, we're almost at the end of the show, but first we have our chaser, the thing at the end of the week that makes all the bad stuff go down easy. My chaser this week is for San Junipero, which was a Black Mirror episode that won the Emmy this year for best TV movie, even though it's an episode of a TV show, but it is genuinely one of the best hours of television I've ever seen and it fucked me up emotionally and psychologically. It's about two lesbians in love and they spend eternity together. Black Mirror is on Netflix. It's usually eye-rollingly preachy, but this episode is so good. It it made me feel all everything except horny. And also my second chaser is for uh home delivery of the New York Times. I just signed up to get the weekend paper and it's very nice to just open my door and have a paper sitting there even though I think my neighbor already stole part of it. So that's a new anxiety that I get to deal with. But it is actually nice to read the news not on my phone. I might be reading about the end of the world but I know it's not gonna happen like while I'm reading or at least I won't find out about it. So shout out to lesbians and the newspaper. And that's it. Thank you for listening to Unhappy Hour. You can head to Apple Podcasts or wherever else you get this show. Hit subscribe, then rate us, review us, leave us a nice review so that I feel good about myself and also so we could go up in the rankings and make everybody else feel bad about themselves. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, all the places where podcasts are. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Media. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Jenna Weiss-Berman, Josh Gwynn, and me, Matt Bellisai. Special thanks to Max Linsky and Jess Hackle. And this week's sponsor, me. Music by Hansdale Sue. You can find me on all the social medias at Matt Belisai. You can pre-order my book, Everything Is Awful, and other observations on everythingisawfulbook.com. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Uh, bye bye The worst thing about doing drag personally is hair removal. Because for some reason, God either didn't want me to be a girl or wanted me to be a very hairy girl. (laughs) And homie, don't play that.